Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 85, the Chad Ochocinco, Chad Johnson episode. Or, we're also just going to give a shout out to some of these champs, because this is a really good year, 1985 here. The 85 Bears. Stop Bears. The Los Angeles Lakers, the Kansas City Royals, and the Edmonton, got it right this time, Oilers, back to back there. So, shouts out to them. I am your host, as always, Tej Butler. Sitting next to me, my good friend, Dill. How are you, buddy? Yeah, you heard me interrupt a couple times during that intro, but, you know, it's just regurgitory. When you hear, you know, the 85 Bears, you just have to say, Da Bears. Right? Bears. And then when you hear, you know, back-to-back, shout-out to Drake. Yeah, old Toronto. Back-to-back. Yeah, I mean, like, those are just regurgitory. So, you know, that's so, all it is. Hey, sometimes you gotta have some some ad libs in there. Everybody needs them. Doge, all the way up in Cleveland, buddy. How are you today? Doing splendid, boys. It's a uh, it's a little chilly up here. Uh, colder than I would want it to be in the middle of April, but we're getting by. I'm gonna have to catch some rays this weekend, regardless sure. of temperature. Ooh, okay, okay. I like it. Catch I like some it. Tampa Bay rays. Uh, maybe. Um. <clears throat> So we tried to get Chad Ocho on the show, um, but he uh, was not available. Um, he's doing some other things, so shouts out to Chad, though. But we got the next best thing. So, <clears throat> guest of the show, friend of the show, Lindsey Patterson, reporter for the Bengals, is going to be on the show here talking a little bit of Bengals and then also talking a little bit of Reds here. So this is a great little special Cincinnati kind of episode. And uh, before we get into that... <clears throat> You know it. You love it. It's the warm up. We got to warm it up. We don't want to get hurt here. We got to get into our show. So, uh, you know what, Dill? Let's give it to you first. What do you got for us, man? Yeah, I'll, I'll keep it short and sweet, like Splenda. <clears throat> you know, for the you know COD gamers or I guess any gamers, uh, Warzone with uh, season three coming out, change with the map. Wow. Uh, Verdansk, Verdansk okay. is uh, no more. I mean, it is, but it's not. And, you know, but it, it's cool. Something new. I've only been playing for a little while, but it's definitely fun to hop on there with the boys and catch a few games, catch a few dubs. <laughs> dub city. Sure. So, excited to see how things are, you know, with that. And, you know, as a <clears throat> typical warm up in my style, you have to warm up the sticks. So. Catch a few games, and then once you play a game or two, feel out the accuracy. Then you can move on and try to, you know, go from there. So sure, sure, <clears throat> I like it. I like I'm it. I'm warmed up in my vocal cord ability. Good, love to hear it. Um, <clears throat> Dosh, give me your warm up here. I'll be trying to catch some tubs here with Dill too, but I'm giving shouts out to uh, our FCC boys. Came away with a point this past weekend on mm-hmm. the start. Looked like we were maybe going to be walking away with three, but uh, gave up a couple goals to, to wind up getting a tie. But I had to shout out the new signees, Acosta and Brenner, bagging some goals, getting some quick production right out the gate. So welcome to Cincinnati, boys. Hope you can bag one each game. We'll get some get some W's yes. with you. But uh, shouts out to Acosta and Brenner. Yes, looking forward to their match, I believe, against NYCFC here coming this Saturday. 
going to be exciting stuff, and hopefully we can get uh, get some more points there. Those guys are very exciting, and uh, our oh, yeah. you know our team is definitely looking looking good. It was so. cool to see us give the captain's armband to Acosta first game. Yes, yes, I did enjoy that. Just going out there and going out there and, and yeah. start us off right and get us a goal right away. He yeah. had a good goal too. Like that wasn't was just cool. like a. It was cool. Uh, they scored. It was like oh okay, like he's it was cool. He's pretty good. Brenner netting the PK was really like it was just perfect right where it was going to be like because keeper had a good look at it. You know what I mean? Great he had a really shot. good jump on it. Great shot. And you when you put it in that spot, it's really really tough to save. So that was great, and it had a lot of force too. So it got there. It was good. Very exciting FCC. So uh, before we say hello to our guest Lindsey Patterson, we got to say hello. And then also goodbye to the Super League here. That was uh, going to be the replacement for UEFA. <clears throat> they're uh, they're going to rival kind of the Champions League. Is going to be teams like Real Madrid, um, Manchester United, Tottenham Hotspur. Um, I believe um, Bayern and PSG were going to be you know rumored to be in at Barcelona as well. Um, but as the news kind of broke, nobody was really for it, especially not the fans of all the other clubs and leagues. Um, the world, you know, they were saying, <clears throat> FIFA was saying they're going to ban players from playing in the World Cup or competing in the Champions League if they competed in this Super League. So uh, teams rapidly dropped out of that. So I believe the only teams that are really left are Real Madrid and potentially Barcelona, which is hilarious. Um, so you just have the, uh, you know, their matchup, you know, every every uh, every week would be hilarious in that little Super League. <laughs> Between those guys, but uh, <clears throat> um, El Clasico every every week, you just make it's just not classic. It's El, El Weekly or whatever. Um, you know, so hello and goodbye to the Super League. Not going to be around, but it's kind of a good thought, but definitely not you know well thought out, I guess. Mm-hmm. So goodbye. Yeah, yeah, goodbye. So let's move on here to our first quarter with Lindsey Patterson. All right, ladies and gentlemen, back by popular demand, we are joined today by a recurring guest, host of the Bengals Beat Podcast, sideline reporter for FC Cincinnati and the Cincinnati Bengals, friend of the show, Lindsay Patterson. Lindsay, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you guys doing? We are doing great here. We are doing great. We're gearing up for the draft, excited for it. It's hopefully a very exciting time in Cincinnati. You know, we got MLS is back. We got the Reds are kind of rolling here a little bit, which is exciting too. So uh, let's get right to it. We've got a couple questions about the draft for you. First, excuse me, we're going to talk about free agency. Sorry. Which player do you think has had the biggest impact that we signed here this offseason? Oh, that's a really, really great question. I think you could look at the defensive side because obviously those were a lot of additions. I feel like this team has focused on the defense and free Mm -hmm. agency the last two years going pretty heavy. They doubled down in the secondary. Everybody wants Trey Hendrickson to work out too because he's replacing Carl Lawson. I do think that they get an add to the defensive line in the draft so they can get some depth. They had a lot of holes, obviously, the last two years. Mm -hmm. I'm going to flip sides, and this is probably not a popular pick. But right now, I'll say Riley Reef. Yeah. Uh, to be determined on what they do with the offensive line in the draft, if they decide to go at five or maybe the second and third round, they'll double down on it. 
I think his impact here, you start him at right tackle, Jonah Williams to be determined if they keep him at left tackle or move him into guard. But I think he is probably going to be the biggest impact player because what have I heard for almost over a year right now? It's offensive line protecting your franchise quarterback in Joe Burrow. And obviously Mm -hmm. everybody knows what happened in the Washington game. So I think Riley Reef, just for possibly one season, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, But I feel like the easy answer would be the defensive side. But I'll stick with Riley. I think he'll definitely have a big impact. He's going to be a veteran, too, that can come in and show some of these younger guys maybe the ropes, too, as as you know, he's getting a bit older. But he'll still be a big impact there. Um, any other guys for you, Dylan Doge, real quick? Or? No, he'll be the man. I, I totally agree. I mean, we've, we've talked about wanting to bolster the line, and I think that'll be a big move for us. Um, and hopefully we can get a little bit of, a little bit of strength in, in the draft moves. But obviously, like Lindsey said, you know, a lot of our moves being defensive. Any offensive move we make in the free agency has got to be a big one for us. Mm-hmm. Dill, I know you got the next question too. Yeah, so I, I'm totally in on the offensive line uh, yeah. bolstering idea. So I think that'll be huge. Uh, plus, it's a Zimmer guy, so maybe that'll have a good translation in sure. Cincy. Yeah. There we go. We'll see. Um, and we've also seen that offensive linemen can play well uh, into their careers. So. Hopefully it'll be a good pickup. Definitely. Um, all right. So besides Joe Burrow, which player coming off of injury do you think will have the biggest impact for the upcoming season? Oh my goodness! What a good question. And it would definitely I would have pointed to Joe Burrow, but we'll stick with the offensive side. I'll say Joe Mixon. Ooh. You know they they moved on from Gio Bernard, and and honestly. That's still a head-scratcher for me. I get it in terms of money and contract and, and, and letting him go when you have Samaj P. Ryan who could step up, Travion Williams. But I think Joe Mixon, if he's all good and healthy and ready to go, as we are hearing right now from the Bengals organization, is I, I think he is going to be an impact player with this offense. To be determined if they go wide receiver, get Jamar Chase, you got T. Higgins, you got Tyler Boyd out there. Mm-hmm. But I think with Joe Mixon being um, impact running back, but also maybe, you know, some short passes coming his way. And I think he can change this offense because this team okay. has to balance the offense. They have to, you know, they're going to be getting in the air with all these playmakers, but they have to learn how to run the ball consistently. Mm-hmm. And I think with having Frank Pollock there as a run game coordinator and offensive line coach, He's going to be just great for Mixon. Obviously, they had a pass relationship when he was in Cincinnati for that one season, so I think that's huge too. But I'll go Mixon. Yeah, I know Joe was excited when we brought Pollock back, so I'm sure that'll be exciting for him, and hopefully, he can be a big impact there. I know a couple of defensive guys, DJ Reader and Trey Waynes. I'm hoping they can be some big, big impact guys there too. But uh, Doge, do you have anybody that we uh, or a question here you got, or Dill, you too, real quick? I just think the importance of being able to have a balanced offense. I was just looking up to double check, but yeah, Joe was throwing the ball all the time last year, and yeah, you got to have some sort of balance because defenses are going to be able to scheme against you if you're one dimensional. So, I think that having a healthy, I'm a fan of Joe Mixon. I think that he's been really good in college. He's been good in his pro career. Mm-hmm. He can develop for sure, but um, that's that's a good point. TG mentioned Trey Trey Waynes and uh and DJ Reader, but I think CJ Uzama coming back as well. Oh yeah. Um another another piece with a with a pass heavy offense. The tight end's gotta be the quarterback's best friend. So hopefully having some production out of that piece. Um if we're gonna, you know, hopefully take some more offensive guys in, in the draft as well that, you know, bring back a consistent weapon. Hopefully that he'll be able to come back and produce and, and work well with Joe there. But it kind of leads me into the next one. You know, the Bengals also 
over the course of the year, lost a lot of production. Some of the fan favorites, we already touched on Giovanni Bernard, but um, with the loss of Geno Atkins, Carl Lawson, A.J. Green, uh, you know, who were we going to miss most on the field out of, out of some of the guys that we've lost over the course of the year here? I think you can go both ways with two offensive pieces right now. Obviously, Carl Lawson, they wanted to bring him back on the defensive side. And unfortunately, he's going to the Jets. Mm -hmm. But I think, man, I feel like I'm answering all these offensive questions right now. (laughs) I still still feel the impact of Gio Bernard. Like I said, they have depth in the running back room right now. But with Joe, a little bit of an injury history, not being able to play a full season last year, and you've had Gio being able to step up. He can block, he can run, he can pass mm-hmm. catch, and I still think he can balance the offense out a little bit. With A.J. Green, I think it's just unfortunate because a lot of people are like, oh, man, he's, he's not A.J. Green anymore, and then sometimes he would show different times where he looked like the OG A.J. Green. Right. <laughs> but sure. you need those snaps. You need a guy on the field as much as A.J. Green was. Yeah, he wasn't really an impact player on the offense because he was coming back from an injury, so he's just trying to get used to this new offense and obviously a new quarterback in Joe Burrow and, and adjusting with Zach Taylor as the play caller. But, but yeah, I, I would say Geo put A.J. out there and then obviously Carl Lawson's at the top two because you're going to miss him out there. And, it's, and I just don't know if, if you can compare the play of Trey Hendrickson to what Carl Lawson was able to do on the defensive line. Right. <clears throat> yeah, there's we a difference. Can only hope. Oh, we can only hope <laughs> yeah, that we can. Right, right. Absolutely, yeah. We, we need him to Gio's be that good. I think going to be Tom's best friend down there in Tampa, though. I mean, he's played with guys like that with Deion Lewis and with, uh, with Rex Burkhead, just like the, the – mobile like third down back kind of guy that can also catch like i think he's gonna get a lot of production down there in tampa so we'll certainly miss him as a buccaneers fan that was great um (laughs) so i don't mind this at all um i think that carl lawson going to the jets with robert salas stepping in i think that that's going to be a good i think they all found good places to go yeah um it seemed like you know other than carl lawson like he didn't really have a you know long tenure but as far as like the other guys who are just like veteran Bengals guys, um, at least hopefully they found a good home and will have a productive career moving forward. So definitely, I think uh, I think Gia will definitely be missed. He was really really good in the pass block game last year, and I think that helped um, some of those other guys who were not Joe Burrow late in the season uh, get some passes off. So I think that'll be missed, but there'll be room for Joe Mixon to step up and uh, maybe some of the other guys we have there too. So. Moving on to some of the players we have, and this is a little offense and defense here for you, Lindsay. Um, there's some rumors that Jesse Bates and T. Higgins are going to change their numbers back to what they wore in college. Number three for Jesse Bates, number five for T. Higgins. Is the, are those rumors true, and are there any other players that might be changing their numbers? That is to be determined. Okay. It is pretty interesting <laughs> that uh, Jesse Bates' jersey is not for sale yet. So Ooh, maybe yeah. those conversations uh, were happening. I know some players aren't available just yet. I love it. I know Tom Brady was talking about it earlier today. Not, mm-hmm. not a huge fan of it, but I think it's fun. A lot of these players, they want to go back to their college number. And if the Bengals go Jamar Chase, is he going to get one? Is he going to you know change his number up when he's drafted if he right. comes to Cincinnati? So I, I think it could be fun. Yeah, T, it's a question mark. I think he might, he might stay at 85, but... Uh, We'll see what happens. No, I haven't heard any more. Obviously, it's all just rumors right now. But I, I see the social media. I see them eyeing those new numbers. Right. I hey, I hope we can keep nine to eighty-five intact. That'd be really nice. So 
Those were go ahead. Like when they were filming that that uniform release, there was a little video Lindsay that leaked of Zach Taylor talking with with Chad Johnson, saying, "Hey, you got anything left in the tank? We gonna <laughs> we gonna see an eight five return of Ocho Senko? You know what? I'm not gonna lie. When I saw the uniform release for you, I couldn't believe. Chad Johnson looks like he can play. I know yes. he made a joke on social media that he's gained about 15 pounds of muscle, and he still looks like the old Chad in the uniform. So I don't know, man. I mean, if he would get, if he could get the chance, I would love to see Chad Johnson out there. The speed's probably not there, but I, I'd love to see at least just maybe maybe one pass from Berlino Johnson. I would love it. Just for just give us a, one last touchdown celebration, you know? He's the gift that keeps on giving to Cincinnati for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. So we're we're only one week away from the draft. If you're moving in and you could, you know, put your perfect draft in place, Lindsay, what would your ideal draft look like for the Bengals going into next week? I think, and it's not a popular opinion, and I think that people are kind of changing their minds just a little bit when it comes to the draft and what the Bengals should do. It feels like 50-50, but of course they're going to hear it on, on draft night next Thursday if they don't get the guy that everybody wants them to get on social media. Obviously I've heard them say, protect your quarterback. You saw what happened in the Washington game. It's a no-brainer. Get offensive linemen. Offensive linemen have a better chance of signing their second contract over wide receivers. Mm-hmm. But for me personally, and this is the only reason I go Jamar Chase. The Ooh. only reason I'm going Jamar Chase at wide receiver, and I know there's a comparison of, oh, you remember the last time they got a receiver at not, in, in the top ten? and oh, it was John, Ross. John, John Ross, right. Yeah, John Ross is not Jamar Chase. There is no comparison, and the Bengals reach for Jamar, for John Ross. So right. that's not even that, that shouldn't even be a conversation. But it's there. It's there for some arguments. I think you go Jamar Chase, and and it's it has more to do than the connection with Joe Burrow and, and playing at LSU. I, I think you get him out there. You get T Higgins, and you get Tyler Boyd because if one of those guys goes down. You look at your bench, and you got Mike Thomas and on tape. No mm-hmm. offense to Auden Tate, but he's battled with plenty of injuries, and he's not a Jamar Chase. You need right. a guy out there who can fill those reps. And, yes, they need to protect Joe Burrow, and they're not done yet. And the only reason I say they go wide receiver at five is because of how deep the offensive line class is. And some people might come back and say, well, mm-hmm. the wide receiver class is deep. It's no comparison right. to what you could find on day two. And I think – that's the route the Cincinnati Bengals are going to take. And I say Alex Leatherwood, I think that he would be a huge impact player. I think you look in the third round, and I mentioned the defensive line, that I could see them adding an edge position player. But at the same time, back-to-back offensive linemen, second and third round. I mean, their board is going to be fun to watch over the next three nights next weekend to see where they decide to go in the later rounds because we've talked about this five pick for months now Mm -hmm. and i just feel personally they stay at five unless somebody offers just a blockbuster number and 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 if they get another first rounder i still see them I, i see them staying right where they're at and i think they go jamar chase okay so a couple of things with that i mean sometimes you cannot pass up an opportunity for somebody to be a generational type player like I think he could be being Jamar Chase so if you also look at it with the Bengals standpoint of it's another layer it's another piece like you mentioned as far as the roster and if anyone were to go down you still have other great wide receivers who can step up but also I mean you just saw the year Justin Jefferson had up in Minnesota and Jamar Chase was you know the better wide receiver out of the two in college so I don't know, seeing his success and then, like you said, with the depth of talent in the offensive lineman area, I don't know. I, I would 
be hard pressed to say why not go with them. Jamar Chase and Alex Leatherwood would be a perfect draft. I totally agree, Lindsay, right there because. Alex Leatherwood is, is probably a first-round talent, but because there's so many first-round talent players available and quarterbacks that need to go, um, he's getting pushed to the second round. And then Jamar Chase, like you're saying, Dill, is such a, a generational talent. And something that is something you can't put a value on in the NFL too is chemistry. And Joe Burrow and Justin, or excuse me, Jamar Chase already have chemistry, so they don't need to like build that already. They already know kind of a little bit about their routes, like what Joe kind of likes, how he likes to break out of you know blitzes and whatnot, some of those jailbreak plays. So I think going with Jamar Chase is something that would be very valuable to the Bengals. Obviously, um, going with Panay Sewell would be something that would be um, <clears throat> very valuable too because he could be you know kind of a Munoz type for us, one of our offensive linemen for a really long time, especially because he's so young and so talented. But with all the offensive line talent, like you're saying, Lindsey, I think we have to go chase here at five because we might not be able to get a wide receiver talent like this for a long time if we're going to be pretty good, like we're hoping to be. So, Doge, you got any other points for your perfect draft there? I'm with you there. The only thing, I mean, I don't even think this is even a possibility. But if Pitts were to be there at five, I would maybe even want him. But I don't don't think he's dropping there. I don't think he's getting to five. Um, I think if I had either Pitts or Chase at five, I would be happy to, to take them. But Chase, I think, would be huge. Like Teach said, building on that chemistry. And like Dill said, I'm taking both your takes right here. Go that ahead. Chase kind of outshining Justin Jefferson in that LSU receiver core with Joe Burrow. I think that's just that's something that could really shine right away in that Bengals offense. So I, I would be totally pleased with like you guys said, a Chase Weatherwood um, draft right out the gate. It'll be hard for teams defensively if you have three top tier weapons on the outside of the hat. You know what I mean? Like it's going to be very tough to to handle. But absolutely, and mixing especially too. when you've got a a young gun slinging up the ball. Yep. Right. So obviously, we're looking forward to this year. We're looking forward to the draft and seeing how the uh, puzzle pieces fit. Um. Who do you think is the biggest threat to the Bengals in the AFC North this year? That's a great question. I've actually done about three different interviews over the last couple of days, and that is one of the questions that they always bring up. <laughs> I think just ranking the AFC North right now is really difficult for me. Yes. I, I, I am not buying Pittsburgh. I think it is a blessing in disguise for all the AFC North teams that Ben Roethlisberger is coming back. Mm-hmm. I yes. don't know about the Browns. I like the Browns defensively. And obviously what they were able to do last year, I just don't believe in Baker yet. And I know that I should probably give him more credit, but I'm not there. (laughs) I think the Cincinnati Bengals, look, if Joe Burrow would have played last season, I don't even feel like this is a hot take. They would have won maybe seven games. And I know, obviously, that's not good enough. But look, he was a rookie, and and I think they battled a lot of injuries. No excuse, but at the same time, they would have looked a little better. And they started to roll. Even Joe said it in his interview with Chris Collinsworth. Mm -hmm. People overlook even the Washington game, because obviously he was injured. But at halftime, they had 200 yards in the air and against a really top five defense. So I think that you look what they were able to do with the offense and and the chemistry that they continued to gain. They obviously added two new pieces. It's not great, but I'd put them at three right now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming you're taking the Ravens number one then, right? I am taking the Ravens number Uh, one, and I'm putting the Browns number two, but I'm still not sold on the Browns. I'm not. I think it's going to be a classic everyone beats each other up in the AFC North. Yeah, of course. 
Yeah. There could be one team that runs away with it, you know, on you know, as far as yeah. divisional play. But I'm not sold on Lamar and the Ravens because they don't know how to draft any sort of weapons for him. That could change this year, you know. Right? Yeah, I mean, I, in a week, I could be sitting here going like, "Holy cow, they're going to be eh, this is not good." But I definitely think the Pittsburgh reign of the AFC North, or you know, them being always in contention, is definitely over. You know how the rest of it shakes out. I'm not really sure. The Ravens are very good. The Browns are very good. I think the Bengals are going to be kind of knocking on the door of the wild card there. I don't think they'll be taking the division this season, but maybe you know, coming soon, like you know. But I think it'll be a battle between Browns-Ravens. I'm leaning Ravens as well, Lindsay, right now. But I think the Browns could definitely do it this year with adding guys like Clowney and getting Odell back and Del Pitt as well off of injury. So it's going to be interesting, but I do agree. The Steelers are, are going to be at the bottom, I think. Doge? Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you there, T. I am. And being up in up in Cleveland with a lot of Cleveland fans surrounding me, and I know we've got Dill on the call too, but mm-hmm. – um, <clears throat> They're a tough one. They're a tough one. There's there's some people that think Baker's the truth. He's the next one. And there are other guys that are saying, you know, we're a run offense. You know, Baker's not the answer. It's Chubb. It's Kareem Hunt. That's sure. what's going to give us our production. And some people even saying, you know, maybe having Odell back is, is more of a distraction and hurts them in the long run compared to what they were able to produce when he was off the field. So, I don't know. It's a wild card when he comes back if they can actually tear it up or if that's – if that hurts them, it, it's really you can't really tell. You don't have enough. You don't have enough of a sample size to really see when he's playing healthy if he can really be the star that he was in New York. I don't want to turn this new Browns podcast no, here. Nope, nope. But nope. I I cannot believe that people think that. You saw that we were start- Kevin surprised. Stefanski was starting to install some things in the playbook that he was able to utilize Odell's talents outside of just being a wide receiver. Especially in that Cowboys game, but we're gonna leave it at that. We'll we'll talk about it in a few weeks, maybe. Hey, we'll see. We'll see. All we know is the Bengals are on the rise, which is exciting. All right. So before we get into a little bit of Reds action here with Lindsay, we got to break it up and do a little halftime. Give a shouts out to the guys that pay our bills here, Cheap Seats Network. Dill, can you tell us? Where the ladies and gentlemen can find the Cheap Seats Network on social media. I can tell you where the lads can find some stuff. Oh, the lads and the gals? Yeah. The mermaids and the mermans of the world. Mermen? Sure. Uh, Facebook, the Cheap Seats Network. Okay. Yeah. Twitter, at the underscore cheap underscore seats. For the Cheap Seats. Okay. And then, hmm, this is a brand new thing if you haven't ever heard before. You know it's not true. What does SN stand for in our non-existent SN that we don't have? No hints. I honestly made it up within the last minute. Still trying to figure it out 100%. So you don't even know what it is. No, I do. But it was was in the last 100 seconds that I came up with it. And it is dumb. (laughs) Subpar noodles. Whoa. (laughs) 
Subpar is hyphenated. That's why it's the SN. Okay. I'm just going Soccer Nation. Nope. They're both wrong, actually. Of SN stands for Sacrificial Nylon. Oh, my God. Sometimes you got to sacrifice the nylon. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, like... Hey, it's like when you're cutting down the nets at the end yep. of the tournament. Yep. Sports-related. Yes, that's go. what I yeah. meant. Even though that's I kind of thought about it as, like... As a goalie, if you have, like, nylon on at all, and you slide and you, like, rip and tear your nylon. Right. So, <clears throat> right. Twitter, at the cheap seats. <laughs> Sacrificial <laughs> nylon. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, Doge, where can we find the yeah. clubhouse? Yeah, what do Social you Social media stuff. I need something from you, Doge. You can find the clubhouse on Facebook at the clubhouse. And Twitter and Instagram both have the same handle. It's at clubhouse underscore TCSN for the cheap sacrificial nylon. <laughs> uh, sure. Cheap seats. The cheap seats network. Network. All right. Um, the squiggly so, noodles. Quick shout out to our guest, Lindsay Patterson. You can find her on Twitter at LNDS. Patterson there, so give her a follow. She's got a lot of good Bengals stuff. She's also the host of the Bengals Beat podcast where they have a lot of good stuff and a lot of great guests, so give them a follow. Give them a listen as well if you like what you hear. And then also we got to give one more shout-out to our guys here at Platinum Digital Solutions that they're doing some posts for us. They're doing some other uh, media stuff for us. So uh, if you need any you know, social media help or website design, etc., give them a shout-out and give them a follow. Um, you know they can they can really help you out. So let's get into our our second half here with Lindsey Patterson about the Reds. All right, let's get into our uh, second part of here. This interview, little game we're gonna do called Full Count. So um, this is gonna be a little bit baseball related, more kind of Cincinnati Reds related. Um, there's three balls and two strikes up. You're up to bat, and we're gonna pitch you some takes here, Lindsey. And you can either um, hit the take, which is agree with it. You can strike out. Uh, which would be disagree, or you can walk, which would be like you're indifferent on the what we're going to say here. So um, I'll start first, and I'll say um, the Reds, I think, are at their best when Joey Votto is hitting the ball really well. So what do you think on that take? Do you hit that, agree? Do you strike out, disagree, walk, indifferent? And then I'll pass it around to everybody else as well. I hit it. Okay. Yes. I totally agree. Obviously, my take. Dill, what about you? I think I'm going to strike out on this one. Oh, come on. <clears throat> Doge? Oh, you're a hater. Um, I'm, I'm walking on it, and, and, and this is why. It's okay. I love, I love Joey Votto. It obviously will never hurt us when he's hitting hot, but both him and Suarez were the worst hitters on our team for the first two series, and we were popping off. We were 5-1 out of those series, and we were hitting the ball just fine with the likes of Winker, Castellanos, Naquin, Tucker Barnhart. So I, I love when Joey Votto's hot. It obviously, like I said, it can never hurt us when he is. But I think that we can we can obviously score some runs even when he's not producing to his full extent. We're definitely getting some runs this year. Lindsay, why, why do you uh, agree with that take there real quick? You know, I, I think it's just recently watching Votto play mm-hmm. like the old Joey Votto. And when he's lighting it up, this team is – obviously they have a lot of talented guys, even youth guys, and they've been a lot of fun to watch. No no offense to the bullpen right now. That hasn't been great. But yeah, right. I, I think recently I, I would take it. I mean, maybe in past seasons with other rosters, I wouldn't. 
but but I but I just like how he's playing right now, and he looks like he's having some fun out there. So I was gonna say I totally agree. He's back to like having some real fun out there, and the Reds look like they're having a lot of fun, which is gonna hopefully turn into some wins here soon. But uh, Doge, you got the next one here. Lindsay, that takes me to my next take here. So you kind of fed in perfectly to it in that my take is that the Reds have the best bats but the worst bullpen in the National League. <laughs> oh, this is easy. Hey, you just watched this past series. I mean, you look at the runs they scored and they've still lost those games 100%. Yeah, that's an absolute that's an absolute hit for me as well. We're hitting the ball really well this year and of course, you know, our pitching has not gotten it right yet, but hopefully we can turn it around. Dill yeah, I think that we're uh, we're going for the fences on this one for sure. Um, I mean, Tyler Molly had a great game pitch yesterday. He allows a couple base runners in the seventh, and then next thing you know, they pull him, and it's just downhill from there. Uh, we were at the game the other night on uh, Tuesday, on yeah. Tuesday when it yep. ended up having the suspended inning, and they played it uh, continuation yesterday, but. Yeah, I mean, they, they couldn't get things going, and then they ended up getting some hits, getting some runs, and then the bullpen allowed uh, Diamondbacks to get right back into it. And it was just a poor outing um, from their bullpen so far this year. So hopefully they can turn around because it's going to be key if they make it to the playoffs. Definitely. Dill, what's your take here? All right, so speaking of hits or strikeouts, Eugenio Suarez is going to lead the Reds batters in strikeouts this year. I'm, I'm going to hit it. I'm going to hit it. I, I like the way other guys are hitting the ball, and mm-hmm. I'm just what happened to him? What happened to him? So, I know. Yeah. Uh. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna strike out. <laughs> um, I'm going to. I think I'm going to hit that take as well because. He's trying to get, uh, I think he said he's trying to go for 50 home runs, and if you're trying to swing for the fences often, you might get some strikeouts. So I, he has a chance to do that, um, especially if he's going to be playing um, third and then shortstop for us too, kind of bouncing around. So I think there's a chance for sure. Doge? I'm hitting that one as well. And I think it's it's such a head game, T, like you said, where he's going to be trying to swing for the fences so much because he knows he has the ability to hit 50 home runs in a season because he was so close before. But his most deadly part of his, his batting was that in 19 and 20, like, that he could get some RBIs and some extra base hits and then with that smooth swing, crank a few over the wall while he's doing it. But I feel like if you try to focus on that, you know, I'm going to hit 50 home runs, that that's always in the back of your mind. You're swinging for the fences every time. And that's just a recipe for strikeouts, as we've seen with the likes of Adam Dunn in the past. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. that's if you're swinging for the fences every time, you're likely going to have a lot of strikeouts, and that's just the nature of the game. But I feel like just being in his head of switching positions could could almost bring a negative factor to his batting game because he's just so in his head about trying to be in a new spot on the field when he's not up at bat. So I think that isn't necessarily helping him hmm. right now either. Interesting. Well, he had a home run today. Oh, there we go. So he's uh, he's had three home runs on the year okay. and 28 strikeouts. So, Whew. <laughs> he, he, was, he, was, he was one of five. He'll get hot. He it'll, didn't have any K's today, which I was actually very surprised that he. It's good had, vibes. It's good vibes only, Dill. It'll get going. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um. Okay. I think this one's going to be an easy one, but maybe not. <clears throat> Jonathan India has the best hair in baseball. 
oh, this is easy. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's an easy hit. Yeah, absolutely. I love their... I don't know if they've been doing this at every game, but uh, on Tuesday they were playing um, the Pirates of the Caribbean theme song when he was going up to bat because he kind of looks like Jack Sparrow a little bit, which was really funny. So I don't know if that's a, a like kind of a rookie joke or if they're, if that's the song he chose, but I like it. It fits. He's um, going to get a, a, a sponsorship from Procter & Gamble, I'm sure. Some <laughs> yeah, yeah like yes. some, some head and shoulders or something like that for sure. Doge, what do you think? I agree, T. And we were talking about this a little bit before we got Lindsay on the call, was that uh, the home run today that Jonathan Didi hit, first career home run in the MLB, but he lost his helmet rounding the bases. And that home run trot, when that flow is completely unleashed, so majestic. I mean, it's it's beautiful. <laughs> it's you got to def- go back and watch it if you haven't seen it. It was gorgeous. Definitely gorgeous. a sight to see. Dill, thoughts on Jonathan India's flow? Yeah, I mean he's got a good flow. Yeah. Um, I, I was, I think I'm gonna walk on this one. Okay. Okay. You know, I <clears throat> jury's still out. Certainly a top candidate. You know, no doubt. I think Who's that he competing with still. That's well. Not, yeah. I mean, you got Thor. You yeah, know, okay. out in uh, Thor Ragnarok for the Mets. <laughs> he's got that. I mean, dude, like when he's pitching that thing. I mean, yeah. All in all, when you're throwing a hundred mile an hour heaters, and then you got hair that goes down past your shoulders. He's got, that, uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm losing his name, but the Dylan guy for the Dodgers, the red-haired guy, he had some good oh, hair. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He had some really good hair. Um, I think, oh, obviously, yeah. India's better, but. I know who you're talking about, the curly-haired guy. Yeah. That thing just, because the hat, you He's got a big old mane back there. Yeah, yeah, you can't put the hat on, you just place it and it sits <laughs> on top. <laughs> um, no, I'm with you there. Okay. Okay. Doge, go for you. My next take is that Tucker Barnhart is the most slept-on player on the Reds roster. Man. I'm going to... Oh, Lindsay, you go first. Excuse me. I'm... I want to say... I feel like he's... uh, Man, I want to say consistent at times. I'm going to hit it. I'm being really nice today. (laughs) (laughs) I am going to... I want to strike out on this because I think it's Jesse Winker. Sure. I think he's a little underlooked. I think he's getting a lot of attention now. He's, yeah, he's year. starting to get the pub now. You're right. Tucker Barnhart's definitely underlooked, though. It's, there's, that's for sure. He's a, he's a multi-Golden Glove winner, but he's finally been able to wake the bat up. So mm-hmm. I think it's about time he starts getting some of that, that attention that he wasn't getting before because he's one of the few guys that's still been able to keep his batting average over 300 <clears> from the start of the year. I love Tuck, man. He's so awesome. You can do that and combine a few Golden Gloves. And I was listening to the Reds broadcast, and you know, Sonny Gray, all the other guys that are in that Reds pitching staff. Apparently, they just can't say it, you know, enough good things about how good they feel when Tuck's behind the plate catching for them. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's just so valuable, especially when our weakness has been pitching this this year. Having a guy you can trust back there to, to kind of lead the charge, I think that's so important. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna hit it. Doge, I think that just his overall presence in the lineup, I mean, he's definitely been a threat at times, but he just needs to be more consistent with the uh, with his batting appearances. Um, as a pitcher who has not played professionally, um, <laughs> back growing up in, in competitive baseball, when the backup catcher or somebody who wasn't as good as the you know starting catcher for my teams were to you know catch a game I was pitching, you could tell a difference, man. And I know everyone is is good and very good on the professional level, 
But there are obviously people who are great, and you don't just win a Golden Glove because you're okay. So I think that if he can hopefully try to solidify that uh, Reds pitching, not only the starting but the bullpen, and um, that's going to be an important piece. And we've seen Yadier Molina do it for years, and mm-hmm. he's you know an all-timer. Um, so it can definitely affect an entire team outside of just one position. Yeah, don't steal on Molina and don't steal on Tuck. They'll throw you. They'll both throw you out. Those guys have got some arms. Exactly. <clears throat> All right, Dill. One more. Yeah. So right back to some starting pitching. Ooh. Okay. I think Tyler Molly will lead the Red starting pitchers and wins. Okay. I was just really impressed by his start the other night, and I think that the starting pitchers are definitely the best part of the Reds pitching staff. So it's going to be it's yeah. it's going to be competitive with them. I'm going to say and I like what he's doing. It's great. But I'm going to strike out. Mhm. Okay. There we go. Do you have any candidates for who might be the leader at no. the leaderboard? No, and I should. I should if I'm going to strike him out, I should have a, a follow-up to that. But right now, <laughs> I, this this last few weeks, I mean the pitching obviously has been a positive. The bats have been a positive, but the pitching, starting pitching, has been a positive. Yeah. And the bats have been, but I don't want to buy it just yet. Can you ask me that question in June or July? Sure, absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to strike out as well, and I'm going to give you one, Dill. I, okay. He might have started a little bit late here, mm. but Sonny Gray is my guy, man. I just okay. think he's the man. He loves playing in Cincy, and him and Tuck back there, I think they're going to get rolling here, hopefully. Okay. So it was a little bit later of a start for him coming off of an injury, but that's who I, I would put there. So hopefully they're both battling for it. You know? I mean, I had a Sonny Gray prediction last year, I think, of that he was going to have 12 wins in that short season. So, I mean, like I'm high on him, too. I didn't say you weren't, you know. I'm just saying. Sonny's my guy. Doge, what are you doing with the pitch here? I'm striking out on that one, too. And I, as much as I would love to say that Castillo's going to have the heroic climb back into the ace position that he was, I'm with Tej on this one. I think even at a late start that Sonny Gray is going to be the one that, that turns it around and gets those Ws for the, the starting pitchers for the Reds. So I'll have to I'll have to back my boy Tej and, and okay. go Sonny Gray on this there one. God, Dash. I like it. I like it. All right. We'll, we'll um, just have to see later in the year then. Yes. Yeah. Well, we'll definitely have to check in. Lindsay, do you have any takes uh, that you want to throw down the pipe here that you want us all to to do? I know you weren't necessarily prepared for that, but you know you know what I'll throw I'll throw a football for you. Guys. Oh, okay. I like here we it. Go. I'm in. We well, we were talking about the division in 2021. Do you think, and I'll just say, you can say yes or no, do you think Joe Burrow will win a playoff game in 2022? And I'm, I'm talking about the following season, not next year. So this, is a, this is a long con prediction yes. here. Yes, I'm saying yes. Okay. Dude, if he gets healthy and we get a little bit of line action, he's unstoppable. Like we are saying, he 200 yards on the Redskins at halftime, and then he got hurt. And we were going to beat them, for sure. So, Doge, uh, I'll let the other Bengals fan here go. <laughs> I I say yes. I, I do. He's a winner that takes losing personally. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he doesn't put up with that. And I feel like if you get, which they will have a team that has enough talent to make the playoffs in 2022. I, I fully believe that. And I think when you get there that they're going to be in the position, and he's going to put them in the position where they absolutely can win a game, and I think they will. Plus, there's expanded expanded playoff positions, and now there's adding an extra game, too. So, mm-hmm. 
there's a better chance. I think the AFC North is going to be very strong in the AFC for like a, for a few years to come with the Browns, the Ravens, and the Bengals. Dill, as the non-Bengal fan, so if we were doing this in the full count kind of area, oh, like he's going to walk. I would, yeah, I'm going to walk because <laughs> I think that I think that the AFC has a lot of really good teams. And that even if you get into the playoffs, it's going to be really tough to beat whoever you're facing. Like, sure, cause, sure. I mean, I still am not out on the Patriots yeah. getting to the playoffs. Like, they're somehow, they can scrap around. But, I mean, you have the Bills. You have basically three out of the four teams in the AFC North, which Colts. might actually play a, a positive to them because they've had to battle through these hard games all year. Right. So that could be beneficial for them, getting to the playoffs and then winning a game. Um I think Miami's going to be good with Flores down there. The Colts, man, you can't sleep on them. Yeah, yep, the Colts are going to be good. Chargers um, are on the rise. Herbert's going to be tough. I would love to see those two go out of playoff bout. Yeah, you know? Herbert and Burrow in a playoff battle would be awesome. So, be fun. if I had to pick one way or the other, I would say yes. There we go. But it's like a 55-45 split. I think, but it's positive. What's nice is I think we all agree that they're gonna have a real good chance to be getting the, at least the chance to like yeah, you know they're gonna win some games. They might not win the playoff game, but they're gonna be in in one soon. It sounds like at least we're all kind of feeling that way. Lindsay, what do you think here? I think it would be a huge disappointment if they don't win playoff games under his rookie contract, mm-hmm. and they have a chance to build and spend the money on other positions while they're still paying a pretty low contract right now. I think next year they are going to be, and even though they're adding a game, I would say the seven-game, seven-win range. And I think they build off of what they do in 2021, mm-hmm. and they make it to a wild-card game. I, I, yep. I'm not even answering my own question. I'll say they'll win a playoff <laughs> game during his rookie contract. That's what I'll say. I like it. Hey, we'll it. take it. We'll take it at Sometime least. in the next three-plus years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. All right. No way to play. Well, when you're expanding it to the whole rookie contract, I mean, it might be a little bit easier. I would say yeah, yes. You then. can go a little further if okay. you want. Either way. Either way. All right. Question. Okay. Change of the rules to your own question. I see. No. Hey, either way, the buzz. <laughs> I'm with you. The buzz in Cincinnati is awesome right now. Like, the Bengals got a big draft coming up. The Reds are going to start turning around here after we get out of stop playing the Diamondbacks and say I have our number this year for whatever reason. And uh, FCC starting to get going here, which is really exciting too. So that's their stadium's going to be opening here uh, next month. So it's really awesome to be in Cincinnati, and uh, it was really awesome having you on, Lindsay. So we really, really appreciate it. We just want to give you the floor here. Is there anything that you would like to promote um, or anything you'd like to say here? Um, you've got the floor. No, it was great joining you guys. We'll have a lot of fun coverage coming up starting on Monday for the NFL draft over on the Cincinnati Enquirer, so make sure you check that out. Are you guys um, Are you going to be up in the draft at all? Are you going to be up the, there for the process at all, or do you guys have to do it like virtually? We debated it. Uh, we are actually just going to do it virtually because everything will be similar to what last season was when it comes to player interviews. They're all going to be via Zoom, so okay, we just have sure. to take the trip up north and, and do all of our stuff via Zoom. Okay. Well, if you need anything, we're going to be there for the draft uh, next week, so just let us know if there's anything that you need from us. We'll try to do some coverage from uh, (laughs) Cleveland, and we'll take it from there. Absolutely, yeah. I love it. I'm not counting you guys out. I might need a a live look in Cleveland. Absolutely, yeah. We can get sense of photos or something in case, you know, if there's a good Bengals pick or whatnot, some good Bengals buzz. I love it. Enjoy it. Absolutely. We appreciate it again, and we'll have to check into uh, maybe middle of the season when the Reds are got a couple more games under their belt and talk some more Reds. Let's do it. Thanks for having me, guys. Yep. Thank you so Thanks, much, Lindsay. Lindsay. We appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.
All right, one more thank you to Lindsey Patterson there for the awesome interview and awesome info about the Bengals and then some great stuff on the Reds there too. Let's move on to our buzzer beaters here, guys. I'm going to toss it over to you, Doge. What do you got here to end the show? You've heard me chatting on and on about F1. I'll continue to do it because it's really starting to heat up. But Young Gun for Red Bull, Max Verstappen, comes away with the Grand Prix win this past weekend. Gets the gets the W. Lewis Hamilton, defending world champion and, and best driver out there right now, came in second. He was saved a little bit by a, a stoppage in the race, but it was a really exciting stuff. Those guys were battling it out, but the young gun, Max Verstappen, he's uh he's been one to mess with this year. So uh, keep an eye out for Red Bull and Mercedes battling it out all year, especially those two drivers. Um, next race isn't this week, but the week after. So okay, okay. It'll be in Portugal, I believe. Portugal Grand Prix. Did you Ooh. say his name was Thanks for Stopping? Max. Max for Stopping. Thanks oh. for Stopping. Max Ver Verstappen with a V. Thanks Verstappen. <laughs> Thanks for Stopping. I mean, that would be That's a so killer name for a driver. That. Like, yeah, that would be like, I like that. just that, cooking people. His name's Thanks for Stopping. Um, Dill, what do you got here for your buzzer beater? Well, I was going to say the same exact thing, actually. That's crazy that you had that. Um, No. So, just, you know, a little shout-out to my Tampa Bay Rays uh, since 2008. Have a top-five record in the MLB. So, you know, we're clearly the best, uh, best of the best down in the best and going to continue to do our best. Try to cash in on some deals with Kevin Cash. Okay. Interesting. Speaking about one of the best and speaking of cash. And interesting. Well, obviously it's interesting. It's a buzzer beater. It's, it's one of mine. It's going to be interesting for sure. Why not? Yeah. Get your Kobe Bryant shoes now, ladies and gentlemen, because his family estate ended their deal with Nike. Um, I would assume probably so as he's passed away. Rest in peace, Kobe. But uh, if you're a serious hooper, you don't have a pair, I recommend going to get some before they really spike or try to get your favorite pair or favorite model because um, I'm not sure how long they're going to be making them. But they're always really good shoes and, um, you know, fun to hoop in. So definitely get a pair. I don't know, ladies and gentlemen. I think that's all she wrote. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. Really good pod. Dill, thank you for being on. Thanks for rocking the boat, dude. Yep, absolutely. Doge, thank you for being on. Pleasure as always, gentlemen. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We appreciate it. This is The Clubhouse.